There's an old song that goes, there is joy, joy, joy in serving Jesus, joy that throbs within my heart. But here's the deal. While there is joy in serving Jesus, sometimes you just don't feel it. Things happen, the days get long, the work gets hard, you find yourself fake smiling and easily annoyed. In today's episode, we'll talk about what to do when you get to that place and how you can renew your joy of serving your clients and customers and those all around you, even when you don't feel like it. And we'll start with taking a closer look at the joy of the Lord, the kind he both possesses and gives to his children. You're listening to Working Upward, the thought-provoking, gaze-shifting, and action-inspiring podcast for Christian women who work from home. If you desire to keep looking upward to Christ in your work and beyond, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Kristen Eifeldano from WorkingUpward.com. Have you ever thought of teaching a course online, either to supplement your income or replace your income entirely? While the e-learning industry is definitely having a moment in the craziness that's 2020, but experts were predicting its growth long before social distancing, and you would be surprised at how many different things you can teach online. Basically, if you know it, you can teach it. I've been expertly trained in digital course creation and selling and have been serving course creators for a while now and would love to help you determine if this is the route for you. If you have a course idea, send me an email at kristen at upwardva.com. That's Kristen with a K and ends in E-N. And we'll talk about it. No strings attached. Again, that's kristen at upwardva.com. Okay, friends, fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a joyful ride for the next 60 seconds or so. Clap your hands, all you nations. Shout to God with cries of joy. Psalm 47.1 I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. Jeremiah 31.13 Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break into joyous song and sing praises. Psalm 98.4 Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. Psalm 126, 2. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. Psalm 30, 11. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. That's 1 Peter 4, 13. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that she may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. 1 Peter 4.13 These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. John 15.11 And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Matthew 2.10 Wow. There is so much more I could read to you from our Bible about the topic of joy and rejoicing. I think I saw an article recently about the Bible having over 300 references to it. And there's good reason for that. Joy just comes with the territory. It is the hallmark of a believer who abides in Christ and trusts in Him. Christ is the source of our joy as believers. Those who don't believe in Christ, 
do find happiness in the world around them and the pleasures the world gives, but it's not for long, and it still leaves the soul feeling empty. But those who look beyond this world and into the eyes of Jesus have joy that lasts forever. This is an especially meaningful episode to me, and I pray it's just what you need right now too in your life, because while we know we should be joyful— and we have more than enough reason to be joyful in just our, in our salvation and future in heaven alone, sometimes our circumstances in life, things happening around us and inside us, really can rob us of our joy. So in this episode, I want to really explore this topic, and I want you to have a clear understanding of what joy actually looks like in happy and difficult circumstances, and how you can practically cultivate it in your work and life even when you don't feel like it. Dictionary.com defines joy this way. The emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. Keen pleasure, elation. Joy is delighting in something or someone. So keep that in mind as we review some basic facts about joy from scripture. A little joy 101. So here we go, some joy basics from the Bible. First, it's a command, which means it's possible. I know that um, that might seem like a mouthful, but I think framing it like that helps us see how God's command isn't meant to be a chore. And when we obey his command, it's not because it's a drudgery or duty. It's just part of being God's creation. It is what creation is designed to do, and we are part of that creation. I love Psalm 96, 11 and 12 which says, let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. That is nature in its natural habitat. So, um, well, unfortunately, we know that the fall happened. Adam and Eve sinned, and that sin was passed to all of us, making it harder and harder for us to respond to God's glory with joy, at least easily but not impossible. That's the best part about God's commands. He doesn't command us to do something that's not possible for us to do. He gives us the strength to do it. This means we can be joyful. The second thing about joy I want you to recognize from scripture is that it is a fruit of the spirit. You know what that means? It means that it is growable. It's something you grow in as you grow closer to the Lord. And the more you practice it, the more joyful you will be. And the third one, it is forever. Technically, unbelievers can have joy. They can still delight in the world and things around them and their dreams, goals, and friends and family. But it's just that those are all fleeting joys. Their source is fleeting. It's not forever. But for Christians, since our joy source is God himself, we know that that it is forever. Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Number four, it coexists with sorrow. You can still be sorrowful in this world. It is a legitimate emotion. God expresses his sorrow throughout scripture, but you can be joyful at the same time. Philippians 4.4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. 
And um, we see in numerous occasions um, examples of believers and um, the disciples and the apostles uh, both rejoicing and being sorrowful. And this last point I want to spend some time in because I love it. (laughs) It is the fact that God himself is joyful. Of course, God wouldn't command us to be something he himself is not. And we see God's joy in the entire Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We know God delighted in his creation of the earth. He looked at it and said, it is good. We also see that God delights in his people. David proclaimed in 2 Samuel and in a psalm, he brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Remember that word delight. Um, It means joy. He took joy in David and he takes joy in us too. And we also know from Jeremiah 9 that God delights in love, justice, and righteousness. He takes joy in love, justice, and righteousness. It says, but let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things, I delight, declares the Lord. Whenever we read about the joy of the Lord in the Bible, we need to remember that not only is this the joy that God gives us, and I think that's the first, at least for me, when I read uh, the the phrase joy of the Lord, I think of my joy um, that comes from the Lord. But it can also mean it is the Lord's joy. He possesses it as well. And it's really neat to think about. Now, all of that was talking about God the Father. All those passages I just read, how God delights in creation and his people and in love, justice, and righteousness. But the Bible also tells us that God the Son, Jesus himself, is joyful too. Uh, John 15, 11, these things I have spoken to you. This is Jesus talking that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. I love this verse because it clearly states that his joy is actually our joy too. And by the way, his joy is the joy of all joys, if I can put it that way. You've no doubt heard the verse and a song variation of the joy of the Lord as our strength. But remember, it was Jesus' strength too. It strengthened him for the cross. His joy strengthened him for uh the, the agony that was the cross. Um, Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And based on many other texts in scripture, we'll look at one here in a moment, we know that at least one of those joys set before Christ as he endured the cross was the joy of sinners brought to repentance. And we can't forget the Holy Spirit's role in our joy. So we've seen uh, God the Father and God the Son, um, their joy. Now we're going to take a look at the Holy Spirit. He is our means of joy. Uh, Acts 13, 52 says, And the disciples, disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. First Thessalonians 1, 6 says, You also became imitators of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much tribulation, with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Oh yes, make no mistake, our God is a joyful God. 
If you would like me to feature your work at home business or resource here in the show right now, it's absolutely free. You can apply using the link in my show notes, or just head on over to workingupward.com slash podcast, where you'll find the application link featured at the top of the page. It's my way of supporting work at home businesses like yours. Not everyone believes God is a joyful God. Some people overlook the whole counsel of scripture or take certain passages out of context and paint God as more of a stern, distant father figure, ready to dish out wrath anytime they misstep. But that's just not true. That's not our creator God we learn about from the Bible. In Matthew 25, we read a parable about a servant who had the wrong view of his master that eventually robbed him of entering into the joy of his master. Before leaving on a long trip, a master gave one servant five talents, another two talents, and another one talent. The first and second servants invested the talents and made a return on what they were given. And then the last servant buried his talent in the ground. I know you're familiar with this story. Uh, But when the master returned and asked his servants about the talents, He commended the first two and said to each of them, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. But when he asked the third servant about his investment, that servant said he knew the master was a hard man, and so he was afraid and buried the talent instead. The master then rebuked him and questions his judgment. He says, You knew I was a hard man? Really? (laughs) Remember, he had just commended the other two servants for their diligence and invited them to share his joy, which paints quite a different picture um, from what this third servant is saying. So the master then cast that servant into outer darkness, which seems harsh. But remember, this is a parable that teaches us the lessons of eternity. God is abundantly merciful and long-suffering toward us, giving us chance after chance after chance to choose life with him. So whether he was simply lazy, this servant, or truly scared of his master, this third servant had a faulty view of his master. If he had the right view and knew his master loved sharing his joy with his servants and was apt to commend good work, he would have done good work and entered into the joy of his master along with the other two servants. The key to joy is knowing our God. When our circumstances are hard and we don't feel like rejoicing, it's most likely because we either have a wrong view of God or we don't have a view of God at all. Our gaze has shifted from where it belongs. Consider with me here a few things that often hinder our joy and where we are gazing might be in these scenarios. So look at these um, situations and um, identify where our gaze is in these types of scenarios. Okay, Um, joylessness often comes from, first, we have external circumstances. Health and financial issues, job loss, poverty, hunger. Maybe you're being sued. Maybe you're going through a divorce. Maybe your car broke down. Big things to small things that are happening around us that are out of our control can really threaten our joy if we're not careful. Paul and Barnabas are wonderful examples of Christians who are in hard physical circumstances. They were in prison with their feet in stocks, but they chose joy anyway. 
They were singing and praising God at midnight when God set an earthquake to shake the prison and open the doors. Now, there's nothing wrong with praying and asking God for deliverance from difficult circumstances, but that's not what we see here. They were singing hymns. So that's something to think about. Their gaze was on God and singing about Him and rejoicing in Him during um, in um, less than desirable um, external circumstances. Um, these external circumstances often lead to inner turmoil, inner hardship. And I'm talking about anxiety, emotions, panic, overwhelm. When I when I struggle this way and to date in my life, most of my trials, not all, um, have generally been the inner kind. I've learned that it's because I'm not gazing at Christ or meditating on his character, how he is always good, how he loves me, how he has a plan, how he saved me and promises me eternal life with him. I'm not thinking about any of that when I'm in panic or overwhelm mode um, or depress- depression mode. But um, time and time again, God in his mercy calls to mind the verse, you will keep those in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on you. And it is, I have always have such a sense of calm when I remember that verse. Now, these external circumstances often lead to inner turmoil. And I'm talking about anxiety, emotions, panic, sadness, overwhelm, even depression, although uh, depression can also um, be related to uh, your physical condition or a chemical imbalance or um, a a health issue that you have. Uh, When I struggle this way, and to date in my life, most of my trials, not, not all of them, but most have generally been the inner kind, I've learned that it's because I'm not gazing at Christ and meditating on his character how he is always good, how he loves me, how he has a plan, how he saved me and promises me eternal life with him. I'm not thinking about any of that when I'm in panic or overwhelm mode. But time and time again, God in his mercy calls to mind the verse, you will keep those in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on you. And oh, such a sense of calm when I remember that verse. If you read the Psalms, you'll see that King David struggled a lot with inner turmoil too. Some of that was due to the fact that he was literally being hunted by Saul who wanted to kill him. And so David was hiding in caves. I think we would all struggle uh, with inner turmoil and anxiety if we were in that situation. And then some of that was due to the guilt of his sin with Bathsheba, uh, which is often the root of our inner turmoil as well. Um, Sin... Um, things like uh, misplaced priorities or having idols or um, wrong decisions or just simply not walking with the Lord, um, being apart from God, um, definitely um, impacts our hearts and um, our inner selves as well. David expressed his turmoil in his writing, and then it ends almost every psalm with a redirection of his gaze to God and God's mercy, and then a recommitment to praise God and rejoice in him. It is like clockwork. Remembering God and who he is is always the first step toward our joy. So now we get to the application part of our little talk here. Let's go through some spiritual general steps we can take toward joy in our lives and in our work, and then we'll talk about some more physical uh 
deliberate action steps toward that joy. First, number one, get to know your God through prayer and scripture reading. I know it seems obvious, but if there's only one thing I could leave you with today, this would be it, hands down. The single most important thing you can ever do is to get to know your God. You have to be intentional about it. He's given us a beautiful creation where we can, where we can, um, we can gain some, we gain insight about his nature just from the world around us. We see he's creative. We see he loves beautiful things. Um, we see his mercy and giving us rain, but he also spells it out for us word by word in his word. What mercy, what grace for him to do so. He just doesn't um, imply his goodness or his character. He spells it out for us. So just saturate yourself in his truth. Number two, be a part of a church family. I know building relationships in the church is extremely hard to do right now with COVID um, and the shutdown, and even if your church is opening their doors. But it is God's design. Um, Fellowship is his plan for us. Uh, You may need to be creative, maybe more emailing, maybe more FaceTime with uh, members in your in your church family, uh, maybe socially distanced prayer circles. But don't let this crazy time rob you of God's plan for church and accountability and the encouragement God intends his people to give each other. You might be tempted to put relationships on hold and just bite out this time, but I encourage you to be all the more resourceful and work hard on relationships with your church family and, um, of course, others that you know. You still need them, and they still need you. Number three, practice gratitude. Joy and gratitude go hand in hand because both focus on the giver rather than the gift. Notice God's gift to you and thank Him for them. All right, let's review uh, some really practical steps toward joy in your life and business, more tangible, physical things you can do. Um. Well, the first one um, isn't as physical as a few more that I have down here, but um, start your day and your work day in prayer. Pray before or after or even during your Bible reading, but also make it a practice to pray before you even open your laptop or switch on your computer or however you start your actual work. Uh, Write a simple one or two sentence prayer dedicating your work to the Lord and asking for his help. And then this part's physical, print it out and put it right there in your workspace. Uh, Number two, review the order of your priorities. Uh, When I'm feeling the most stressed, nine times out of 10, I can trace it back to misplaced priorities. They get out of whack. I forget the order things are supposed to be in. I'll check my email before reading God's word. The next thing you know, I'm sucked into my day without giving it over to God first. Or I snap at my husband, poor guy, because he's interrupting me when I'm behind in work. But why am I behind? Because I chose something else over my work that is not a priority. It's supposed to be after my work. Get my drift? So if you don't have a really general priority list in your mind, uh, or even written down, I highly recommend you have one. Mine looks something uh, like, God first, then my family and husband, and then ministry and relationships, then my work, and then my hobbies, and whatever else happens after that. Um, The third one, now evaluate your stressors and distractors 
and then filter them through your priorities. So that's why you need to have a priority list. Um, Ask yourself what stresses you the most and what distracts you the most and think through those things. Do they stem from misplaced priorities? Is there something you need to cut out of your schedule so you can work more joyfully? Introspection is good for the soul. And of course, I say that as an introvert comes um, more naturally to some than others. Um, And speaking of introspection, keep a gratitude work journal and note what God has done in your business. It will help you slow down, evaluate, and recognize God's role in your work, uh, leading to many, many opportunities to delight in that and be joyful. And number five, I love this one, joy out loud. Those last two items that I just mentioned, uh, they showed you a bit of my introverted side and tendency to think through a lot of things in my head. At any point in time, I have multiple conversations going on in there. Uh, And that's all fair and good because self-awareness is a good thing. But sometimes I really need to get out of my own head. I need a breath of of outside air. And if you tend toward introversion too, you need some outside air as well. So find something you're grateful for, something God has helped you with today, and tell someone. If there is no one to tell verbally, face-to-face, hopefully there is, say it out loud anyway. Um, Do a social media video or a post. Uh, The idea is to make a point out of expressing joy rather than keeping it as one of your thoughts, many, many thoughts in your head. Um, It's just more intentional this way. And then this last one, rejoice in others' wins. If someone tells you personally about a good thing in their life, of course, we're all pretty good at expressing congratulations. It's kind of the social expectation to do so. But do we always really mean it? I encourage you to say your congrats and discipline yourself not to think about yourself right after that, how you want that to, or how did that happen to them and not you, um, or or how you can make that happen to you. Uh, We may not say it out loud, but we tend to go there. Ask the Lord to help you truly rejoice in others' blessings for exactly what they are, another testimony of God's goodness that we can all rejoice in and not just the person who received that blessing. Now, when it comes to someone sharing a win online, say in a Facebook group or as a post, it's easy for me to gloss over it, by the way, and say to myself, uh, not the original poster, something like, oh, how cool, good for them. But I don't leave a comment. Usually I don't even like, which I don't know if I should admit to that. I don't think about it. Um, (laughs) I think it in my head. And if it happened in my head, it happened. (laughs) But uh, I encourage you to go ahead and like it and make a comment. Um, Be intentional about rejoicing in other people's victories and wins. And I'm preaching to myself here. Going forward through the rest of 2020 and beyond, let's make a point out of rejoicing in others' wins. Uh, God tells us a lot about joy in the Bible and what kinds of things we can and should rejoice in. One of those things is rejoicing with others. Psalm 14, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice. You can't be more clear than that. Now, I have an idea for you as well. Um, I just shared some practical ways you can embrace joy in your work and life. And most of these can be incorporated through a morning routine. If you don't already have one, or if you if you would like to adjust it a bit, a bit um, in the order of your choosing, read your Bible, pray out loud, 
then joy out loud. Grab your work journal to write down your thanks. Make sure you write down thanks every time. To God, thank him for something he has done in your business, anything. And then make a point to celebrate someone else's win in real life or online before you dive into your work. All right, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is this. Joy out loud right now. Remember, joy is delighting in God and in the gifts he gives. So praise him out loud for something he has done for you or someone else. Thanks for listening to Working Upward. You can check out the show notes and all links mentioned in this episode at workingupward.com or even better, become a podcast insider. It's absolutely free and you'll get episode-related resources delivered straight to your inbox. Workingupward.com will take you directly to that sign-up link. Until next time, keep looking up.